I mentioned I thought I might have a birthday present idea for you. Yay, my birthday is soon. I am getting yeah. old. We're, we're all getting old, Sam. Uh, so I just sent you the link on Discord. I didn't know these existed, and when I saw them, I was like, oh, this these could be good. Ooh, I am intrigued by this. So uh, for those at home, what Harry uh, is offering to get me is effectively a an internal laser light uh, for a 9mm. Yeah, it's like, it you you treat it like a bullet, you put it into the gun, and you can practice firing, and it, it strikes the pin and everything, and it just fires the laser out instead of a bullet. So you can, you can test it under, you know, safely under a lot of circumstances and practice your aim. And I thought this would be good for you, although, can you promise, Sab, that, like, you will be very careful in, like, where this is in relation to your other bullets? Because I've seen how safe you are around guns. That's that's not fair, Harry. That's not fair. Remember um, when I was coming home from work at the expected time I was coming home from work and your action was to get a loaded Magnum revolver from under your pillow and point it at my face? I did not point at your face and you were coming home at a very, very strange time. It, and we were we were on a street like, if you'll recall the street, Harry, if you'll recall where we were living. I was coming home at the end of my scheduled shift, which you knew. Yeah. Beg to differ. What? But that, what does that even mean? That that does not relate to the things I'm saying. Uh, I've used uh, something similar, like a not like a a test aimer, like this is for, uh, but I have like a uh, a laser bore sighter uh, for my rifle. It's not like a. It doesn't have a strike pad on it. It's not used for like test shooting. It's uh, just used for like a uh, for zeroing up a a scope. Uh, but yeah, something like this could definitely be uh, really useful. Yeah, you could you could shoot your gun in the privacy of your own office. So just don't let Sarah find out. Yay. Now, fuck that. She has a 9 mil. She'll, she'll want to use it. And I'm worried for other reasons. <laughs> Welcome to Brokazatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and related media. My name's Sam. And I'm Harry. And uh, even though, like, uh, so we've kind of taken a stance of not mentioning the fact that we're going on Hayes a lot. We're just trying to be better about it, whatever. Uh, but specifically for this one, I want to apologize because it would have made a lot of sense to just complete these episodes and then go on a fucking long break. <laughs> because It really would have, Harry. It really yeah, yeah, would yeah. have. Because th- this really... This was, as far as, as I know, the intended climax and finish of the show. It's just due to backroom shenanigans that kind of accelerated that timeline and they invented new stuff for, for after this. Boy, it felt it, too. Like, Yeah, like, all the plot threads are, all but one, are resolved right here. And really, it's like 0.5 plot thread. You could just, like, write that last remaining plot thread off. Yeah, that, you could you could wrap that up in a movie or something. <laughs> like expanded fiction yeah 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 i mean that that's almost like a perfect well we'll we'll get to it we'll get to the like a sole half a remaining thread uh but 
Yeah, let's uh, let's just dive into uh, GoBusters episodes 29 and 30. Uh, at the start of it, Hiromu has a dream vision type thing of him being in hyperspace and being menaced by the buried messiah base. That's totally obviously a mech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely obviously a mech. Like there's there's a head, there's hands everywhere, and he's in hyperspace, and there's like a voice, and it starts to rise, and he is afraid. Yeah, uh, and he wakes up, and he's with his uh, bike buddy. Yes, and... his bike and best friend. <laughs> I was I was thinking bike and only friend? Question mark. Like Hiromi does not have a lot of friends. Well, I mean, he has that traveling circus performer troupe. Oh yeah, but he doesn't really. <laughs> He doesn't talk to them much. Yeah. But you know what? Like, with your best friends, you could not talk for, like, months or even years, and you're still fine. That's the point of friends. I think we're we're kind of heavily introverted, Sam, so that might be a weird standard. But in any case, uh, uh, Nick, his robot buddy, uh, thinks that he, he might just be disturbed because of the weird bit of trivia they found out at the end of last episode that the two dog statues... Uh, that their mother owned were named Gog and Magog, which is very similar to the uh, hot boobied assassin lady they fight a lot. Escape he uses the guns, Gog and Magog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I accept Red, you know, like, all due respect to Nick, he's absolutely wrong in this. Red is very genre aware. He knows that, you know, he just had an encounter with the enemy. He's having specific dreams about an enemy base and like what it looks like and how it behaves. He, he's genre where he knows that this ain't just nothing. This is like, this is a future premonition coming at him. Yeah. Even though like in real life, it is a pretty major mythological thing. Like it wouldn't be that crazy. What the, the Gog and Magog. Yeah. Like I, I don't actually know what, that's about i i don't know the origin of them like are, are those like are those gods like what are they i think it's just some bible verse where they say and these two dogs will bark and usher in the apocalypse it's like it's one of those revelations type things i see do, do, do why, we why the fuck did his mom have them <laughs> it's like we joked about that but we kind of thought that maybe they secretly created messiah messiah and there's little to disprove that hold on you know what let's no, not not secretly anymore they <laughs> yeah 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 they may be like world under world end cults secretly that would explain a lot all right so gog and magog appear in the hebrew bible and the quran as individuals tribes or lands oh so th- this has got through a long game of telephone <laughs> uh good old oral history like is that a person or is that a continent yeah, i don't know Oh, and it might have even been Gog from Magog. Anyway, so it, it, it was a whole different thing. But right now, they're two dogs. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, after they have their little bit of a talk, uh, we jump to uh, Messiah. And he is he is coming together. He is uh, creating a physical form for himself. Uh, Enter is there. He is like, you know, in front of a computer, ushering him in. There's CGI arms and legs sticking out all over the place. Like, yes, the dream that Red was having is absolutely the secret base that is going to be waking up. Oh, Trapion, you've entered a new state of evolution and Vagras shall leap to a whole new level of development. 
a nouveau vagras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and engineers, big tube over there, uh, continue doing your job. Just keep supporting our majesty to the best of your ability. Except wait, he senses something wrong in the Matrix. And just at the same time, the colonel back on Earth receives a secret message from hyperspace, and it's from Red's father. Gasp. Episode title, Break into Hyperspace. Uh, so they get an audio-only message. Saying, all right, this is from hyperspace to Special Ops Branch. This is Red's father. He doesn't say that, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I don't have time to explain, but we're, we're hitting the climax. Uh, Messiah, he, he's <laughs> We're evolving. like 20 episodes sooner than we all thought. <laughs> Messiah shoved a giant energy thing into his face, and now he's screaming and turning into a new stage of evolution. That's not great. Like, we, you gotta deal with that. You gotta nip that in the bud. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's time to come in. And, you know... Uh, people start to question, like, is this is this an authentic message? Is this a trap? But then Gold quickly confirms, no, no, that's real. So I kind of l- lawyered my way around saying it because I haven't met anybody in hyperspace, but I have talked to people. And yeah, he's totally there. And for reasons you may discover recently, I just did want to give you the whole p- picture and throw you off your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to hide some information to get them ready. And we, of course, we all knew that he was hiding information. He was almost like straight up telling people that he was hiding information. Uh, Like, my only job is to get you to hyperspace and to shut down Messiah. He is hesitant about going in because he's he's not sure that they're ready. Uh, And so they'll turn to the colonel colonel for his uh, final word. And the colonel backs the rangers. Like, they all want to go, and he gives the green light. So enter, he is off meeting with Escape, and he's frustrated because he's realized the engineers have been betraying Vagris. This explains some things, like why Data and stuff was getting out to Jin, why they had those unexplained leaks, and things like that. Like, they've been sabotaging them in a lot of little ways, and just now realized it. Uh, Escape is concerned, uh... (laughs) Enters not really concerned because Messiah just gained physical form and cohesion, and so he thinks that they're about to win. They just need to make sure that they can cross the finish line without being disturbed. Because this uh, signal that uh, the engineers back at the Vagra space have secretly sent out, uh, Enter has traced that back to the Gobuster space, so fuck it. He's going to kill them before they get to hyperspace. If they're not going to use a Megazord to do this, Just they're just going to go- do this the old-fashioned way with their hands. Yeah, Enter, for like, you know, all his past scheming, has never been a direct confrontation guy. Like, direct confrontation eliminating the Rangers has never been his mission goal. Now it is. Oh, uh, th- there were there were some times when he was directly trying to kill the Rangers, but like, th- those were more opportunistic. But this is like... The end game is in sight. If this if this happens, they probably win. So he's just gonna fight them. Like they don't need to hold back the reserves anymore. They can kind of just like throw everything to ensure that they make it to X point and win. Yeah. Back at the base, everyone is gathering the resolve, they're they're holding hands, they're remembering the, the vows they made as children. Yes. The uh, colonel, it, he, he pulls out some blueprints of, like, the enemies and base. It, it has to be really nice that they just have so much information about the enemy's base, because 
it it's one of their old buildings that just fell into another dimension. Yeah, like this is the this you'll enter past the the gift shop and head to, through the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Like you know that this is where I used to park all the time. It got ticketed over and over. Uh, the Rangers like they're they're setting up a teleportation, and it, it's it's kind of like a reverse of everything that we've seen before. They set the clock. They pick a point to jump into into hyperspace, and much like how they can track. Uh, when the baddies are entering the real world, the baddies can track how they're about to enter their worlds. And the the Vagras, they show up in force, like, enter and escape or in slightly different battle-ish costumes. Enter, he's he's got a hairdo with cornrows, which, like, I'm not sure, I'm not the judge on whether or not he pulls it off, but it's enter, so I'm gonna give him leeway. Yeah, he's also wearing, like, kind of, uh, a stylized biker uh, armor, which it's not his best cosplay, but this is he he's going into battle. So he's putting out armor. Yeah, but he still enter because, you know, escape charges forward with a bunch of mooks. There is a big old fight that starts, uh, but enter is off to the side. He's you know tapping his chasing. He's tapping his chain. He's saying, all right, let's do this efficiently. What's the one I can take out that will most make it impossible for them to win? Hey, Red, let's go fight over there. And Yoikson. Yeah, so as uh, Escape pairs up to have a sexy fight with Blue, <laughs> uh, Red, oh, yeah. Red is kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, which, as we'll find out pretty soon, a little awkward. <laughs> but. Well, no, no, remember, uh, he is like, this is almost directed because he is the one who is not physically related to anybody at the center. Wait, he. Did I did I miss that? No, I mean, like he he was there visiting because he wanted to be an engineer, and he was like kind of there as the guest of Jin, wasn't he? So his parents are not a, his parents were not sucked into the facility. No, he he has a he has a he, either he has a family elsewhere or they died beforehand because he's an anime character. Ah, okay. So yeah, okay. No, yes, no yes. problems there. <laughs> Great. Yes, be as sexy as you want. Escape. <laughs> so and. Enter, he is sword fighting with Red, and he is he's really doing pretty well, because, like I said, he's not holding anything back. He really isn't. Like, before he would, uh, he used to fight, like, you know, dodgy. He used to just kind of play for the clock. Nope, he's going for the kill now. Yeah, he starts bashing him off against walls. He starts tearing up his outfit. That's when he knows it's serious, when the crew are willing to sacrifice an outfit and not just reuse it later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I just want to throw out and just point out again, we've probably pointed this out in previous episodes, but Enter and Escape, like, the Rangers, when they fight, they have on helmets. So, you know, they have stunt people, coordinators, and all that doing it. Enter and Escape, own fucking stunts. Like, no mask, full face visibility. It's awesome. Well, I mean, to be clear, like, when... Like, there are, they make sure to have sometimes in the episodes when the rangers themselves can fight outside the suits, and they also do very well, it's just they they don't get showed off as much. Like, in fact, in the scene, like, Hiromu, because his helmet gets knocked off, he gets to do face-to-face acting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, suit, suit actors are a very vital, talented part of the genre to be celebrated, but these actors can almost universally keep up with their side of the bargain. That's, that's great. <laughs> I love that. I love that about Tokusatsu. Yeah, like, not a lot of American actors outside of fucking Power Rangers 
are yeah. actually good at martial arts. Like It's like half the American Power Rangers cast and Stephen Amell, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, like, Keanu Reeves gets, like, to be, like, a competent action hero, and he's treated like a god, whereas there's Liam Neeson in those, uh, but those movies where he's, the like, Takens, uh, like... Yeah, the Takens, where they have to cut every half second because he's just a, a lumbering giant large man. Yes, turns out he is, like, 70-something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the next five minutes are just a fight, you know? It's, it's Toku choreographed fight. Yeah, like... This might not be a short one, but whatever. Yeah, th- this is a climactic. This is mostly fight, Harry. These two episodes, they're mostly just a street brawl. Uh, Hiromu, he goes down, but he drags himself back up after the commander asks everyone to wait at the mech, because, you know, that's all they're there for. Yeah, like, uh, the rest of the rangers, like, every single one was pulled back into the base because, you know, it's about time for them to jump, so get in position, and... But Red is isolated, and on the one hand, I get what the colonel is saying. But, like, what's the plan if Red can't make it? If Red is taken out, isn't that the ball game? I kind of, I don't know. So, on the one hand, I get the... I mean, then again, Red does have super speed. So if at any moment he manages to get away, he can get to them really quick. (sighs) I suppose so. I suppose so, but it's still, like, mm. the Rangers are simultaneously their best fighting assets, and their only fighting assets. Yeah. So yeah. they have to be both used and protected. Your frontline fighters are also your point of failure for your entire organization. It's a weird situation the commander has to deal with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, you know, as... Enter... He's killing him, like, he's he's winning his fight against Red, but then the bike shows up. Last second, and, you know, uh, knocks, uh, knocks Red out of his hands just before he, like, spears the back of his head with one of his tentacles. Mm-hmm. And just drags him away, saying, like, hey, I've, all these 13 years have been working towards uh, getting there, I've been there with you. So now all the rangers, they uh, get into their mechs, they are getting ready to jump, uh, just as escape busts through the uh the sealed security doors and starts shooting at all the scientists inside. Yeah. Like her a... and all the putties. Yeah. And so the the just workers and the the bridge crew, they have to pull out their silly toy guns and fire back and you know, just hold the hold the line. Yep, they're camera guns. And uh they and they do. They do. Like uh enter he sees like the the countdown system, he tries to hack into it, but the colonel just dives on him, puts him in a headlock for the seconds that they need to lock in the jump and teleport to hyperspace. And escape really sets down, really lets down her side, because, you know, if she had actually fought hard, she probably could have slaughtered them, but she she's doing her battle psycho thing, and she's like, oh, these are these people aren't worth fighting. Dude, last line of defense. I know, I know. Uh, her heart just wasn't in this one. Like, none of the raiders were there. You need, you need hustle, Escape. I, I don't disagree, but she is being consistent. But yeah, at that point, the, the mech teleports into hyperspace. <laughs> They're greeted by like a dozen enemy megazords right in front of them. Because 
because they knew exactly where they were jumping to. I loved this. Like, haha, we're here. Oh, fuck, they were waiting for us. Yep, Vagris, they send one out of, at a time because of very strict energy limitations. Fuck yeah. all that. They're all here. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, you're you're on the enemy turf at this point. Deal with all of my guys. Only they do. <laughs> they they do. Yep, they they charge up a big attack and and kind of just plow through a bunch of them and get into the enemy base. Yeah, they blow up the enemy megazords so hard that the sky turns blue. Well, they have like the vaccine program thing that like makes it easier for them to deal with hyperspace. They used it a couple times when they fired up the big dome thing and, like, had to had to fight enemies in there. Okay, is that what's happening? Like, they're kind of a projecting a vaccine out to uh, diminish hyperspace temporarily? Yeah, they're, they're creating a situation around themselves that will murder them less. I see. It also coincidentally lowers costs for production. <laughs> well, not that... I mean, it just goes from... A usual cityscape, just slightly tinted red to the same cityscape. Like, they they go down into the enemy base, and the first section they enter is the same parking lot that they just had a fight with red in. I know, I know, I know. Like, that was... Mm. I, okay, Toku, I love you. You could have picked a different spot. Yeah, like, that... I really wonder if that is a limitation of, like, some strict uh, timing things, because, like, th- there's... A, if we looked really hard, we might be able to find, like, the marks from the last fight they were in. <laughs> Maybe they had to film them literally the same day. Yeah. Just film both fights back to back, and they just couldn't get two sets ready. Uh, so, it's a pretty seamless transition to the next episode, but as they go over, uh, on foot, they go into the base and they meet, uh, Messiah himself. Yes. In, in physical form. It's it's the big bad. The big bad materialized. And we're on episode 29 of like 40 something. Well, now 30 when they start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so the four bosses that he summoned to his side, you know, they're, uh, they're bosses for previous episodes that they still had the residual code for. Uh, thankfully, they didn't pick any of the big bad brawlers. They just kind of picked some of the keep the keep the Rangers busy ones. Uh, because they kind of go down like chumps. Yeah. And also, like, I guess the rangers have kind of leveled up and already know how to fight these guys. I don't know. Mostly, it's a super climax, so if you fought it before, it's you're going to be able to beat it easily. Yeah, this is an RPG boss rush. Uh, so they start fighting, but Messiah, shockingly, is hard to kill. Like, Red stabs him with the sword, and he just kind of absorbs it into himself. And then Red is very worried about touching him. Yeah, and rightfully so, especially when immediately thereafter he takes all that uh, just absorbed energy and starts projecting out like a a death and destruction field. Like, a lot of his attacks are just like aura attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Go Busters, they run to side and Red says to concentrate all, all your fire on his left shoulder. And they, they hit it really well, but... I feel like his head is about the same size of a target, and if you were, like, all aiming for a spot, you should have aimed for that. Well, they had, like, massive fucking pauldrons, you know? Like, it's just... Yeah, ar- armored pauldrons! Don't aim for the spot with the armor, aim for the head. Or the chest, if you think he's a robot and the head doesn't matter. Like, anyway... Like, the maybe, is- maybe they were being genre-aware, they knew that they had to weaken him before killing him. I, I don't know. 
Anyway, the point is they do destroy it, but then it regenerates in like seconds. Yeah. It just right back, did no damage to him. Uh, they're feeling the heat, and besides marching towards them, and then gets punched by the Megazord. Yeah, Gold just drives a giant crane in and hits him with it. It's like, yeah, forget about this guy. I'm pretty sure he's still just a like an avatar, like a, a remote control thing. Messiah's real body is deeper in the facility. I'll deal with him. Yeah, I do love Gold. Like, for all his faults, for all his lies, for all his, uh, uh, for all his, you know, half-truths, the guy knows how to fight, and that is by taking a, like, hundred-ton mech and punching the bad guy in the face with it. So, the rangers, they go deeper into the facility, and they find the very, the very room, uh, still littered with Christmas decorations that the parents were in. That one fateful night so long ago, they they pass by relics, you know, like tinsel, uh, presents on the ground, a fishbowl with keys in it that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> uh, and then they do that, um, they do that thing where they find like some key plot relevant stuff that's just on the top of the pile, including uh, their mother uh, statues of their mother's dogs, Gog and Magog, and a picture of a. Uh, American or French uh, scientist there with adieu just written on the face of it. I, th- I thought it was Trebian. Was it Trebian? Adieu? Uh, doesn't matter. It's it's Trebian. Okay, Trebian. <laughs> I took it because that's going to be the photo for this episode because at the bottom it says, that's something Enter would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Rangers figure it out uh, that. Well, Red figures it out. Well, yeah. Red figures it out unless the rest of the people know. So, enter and escape aren't real people. Like, they're they're kind of conglomerations. All the scientists, all the workers, all the staff that were at the facility have been absorbed into code. And these guys are just amalgamations of them. Yeah, like Messiah went through and picked the best qualities which was, you know, the intelligence of the top scientists, the the faces of the hot ones, uh, the the French and studiousness of that one guy. And this one guy really liked goggles, these dumb goggles. Okay, he'll give him the dumb goggles. <laughs> and then he did it again and made a hot lady. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm pretty sure it was a while ago, but I think you lost the bet in that you thought Enter was a real person somewhere. Probably, but it's been too long. Wahaha. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, that's kind of alarms them. Like, they realize, wait, humans can't live in hyperspace, can they? So, all their family has been absorbed and digitized. So what does that mean? Uh, they, they don't know. So they decide to head further into the facility. Uh, and they finally get to the giant uh, center glowing tube thing that uh, is the heart of Messiah's core, his brain. Mm-hmm. And the parents' voices start coming out of it, saying, hey kids, good job, now destroy this. Yep, uh, like Red's parents show up as like uh, digitized projections, saying that they're very happy to see him. And uh, yeah, Messiah's right there, please just blow the core, blow the core, do it now. Yeah. He has the ability to infect machines and constructions, turning them into pseudo-life forms, and, like, that's what the Metavirus is, and with his new physical body, he'll just be able to pop over to Earth and consume the entire Earth. 
will basically be that. And Sam, what are the odds that the parents weren't trying to fuse themselves into a machine god and just kind of lost control? Uh, yeah, this is probably their plan all along. Like, I mean, their mother is like a death cultist. They were all just kind of building giant evil mechs. Like, yeah, I think this is like a villain plan that like, it went sideways. But if it had gone correctly, we would be calling everyone like, you know, <laughs> we would be calling them emperors at this point. <laughs> Machine overlord Hiromu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would be the villains of a different Toku series. Mm-hmm. And may yet be. There's another 20 episodes. Uh, by the way, we skipped past it, but uh, a couple of the mid-bosses had survived like the initial rush, uh, but Silver kind of single-handedly killed all the bosses as Silver is a boss himself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Escape is off to the side, and uh, Jin and Jay are fighting with her, saying like, Alright, you say you're not going to let us near your papa. Which one are you talking about? The core? The machine? This whole facility? And Enter's like, all of them. My papa is stronger than you could ever imagine. He's becoming better every second. So, back in the core, the rangers are getting ready to destroy uh, everything, but then Enter appears and says, oh, by the way, you do realize that your parents are inside that core, right? They were absorbed, so if you destroy the core like they're asking you to do, they'll die. Yeah, like, he. <laughs> You got a gun to your parents' heads here, kids. Mm-hmm. They're saying take the shot, but can you? And Messiah shows up. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter because I'll just kill you. Like, shut up, engineers. Uh, Enter points out, maybe don't have, don't have a firefight inside your brain. <laughs> so he finds him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are knocked outside so they can have a fight in the, uh, what do we call this, like, toku section? Like, the kind of rustic next to uh, next to industrial building fight set? <clears throat> Yeah, like Rusty Warehouse exterior. Yeah. And so that's where they get to fight the big bad, but not before they take like a three minute timer break and everyone just kind of sets back and lets them have their emotional uh, just having it out. I mean, they got to kill their parents. They have to like run up to that emotionally and I can't blame them for that. I well, I, I'm not blaming them. <laughs> I'm I'm blaming uh, Enter and Escape and Messiah for like hanging out, getting some coffee, and letting them come to that conclusion. Well, you know, I don't know, Messiah threw them further than he thought, maybe. <laughs> He's still, like, you know, uh, creaking out his neck from getting punched by a Megazord. Uh, so, yeah, Yoko doesn't want to kill her mom. Ryuji is like, no, no, let's, let's call it off, we'll figure something out. And Hiromu has to say, no, Everybody has given up so much to get us here, to give us this opportunity. Yeah. Thoggrass will destroy the whole world if we don't do this. And, like, we are in a hard sci-fi enough Sentai series that the power of friendship ain't gonna pull us out of this one. Our parents wanted us to be here. They fought and sacrificed to get us here to do this exact thing. We're gonna do it. Off to the side, Jin looks at Hiromu making this decision. He's like, alright, I did my job as mentor. Because all those times, he... That's what he kept harping on Red for. Like, do you have the determination to finish this and see this through? Like, are you willing to, like, attack anybody? Because what he was really training up, up for was, hey, you're going to have to kill your parents. I'm not telling you that now, but, like, I need to make sure you're ready emotionally to do that. And so now that they're resolved, they've had the emotional speech, everyone is crying. It's time to morph up and kill a digitized bad guy. Uh, everybody on foot deals with the Messiah except for Red, who hops in his mech on his own, 
and has a mech duel with Enter. Yeah, Enter is uh, driving around in a Gundam. Uh, isn't this like the, the devil Gundam from uh, Gundam Z? It, it's an Epsilon. I, I feel like I showed it to you once before. Uh, it was introduced in a movie that was very boring and forgettable, other than it introduced the Epsilon. And it had like a frog mech that had like, you drove it by moving its legs around in a very suggestive manner. I show you pictures. It was it was very silly. I remember the frog mech. I'm not sure. Wait, this this is a frog? No, no, no. The, the frog, it's like another buster machine that was just in the movie that doesn't have a go buster assigned to it. Okay. It, it was designed for, like, aquatic operations, but then Valgris never attacked the water, so they don't bother with it much. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. You know, it's the Navy in a landlocked war. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they have a very Gundam-style fight, and Red gets the upper hand and hits him with the finisher. And Enter explodes, along with the core. Mm-hmm. Uh... Messiah freaks out and starts sparking out in the in-person fight, and everybody takes this opportunity to destroy him. Yep. They hit him with the finisher, goes uh, goes boom, uh, flashback to the core. Uh, the voices, the scientists' voices start to tell Red, you did it, thank God, but get the hell out of here. And so everybody, as they pilot the mechs away, they have, like, visions of their parents with their hands on their shoulders and such. They're in voices. It is very emotional. Everyone is just crying and crying. And they get away from the facility in time uh, before it blows up. The bad guy has been defeated. And the only one that did not, like, enter, it looked like, blew up and went down. And Messiah blew up and went down. The only person that did not blow up was Escape. They transport back into the real world, and everybody has a great big hug at the rooftop. Except for Jin, who walks up to the side with the commander, and the the camera cuts away a second before they stop the start making out, I swear. Oh, uh, we did skip over, like, so, turns out Gold has been inside, like, a stasis pod in hyperspace? Kind of. Like, transporter accidents are nasty, and they've been harping on about how, like, you can't come through that unscathed, and we see part of them. Yeah, so I, I wasn't entirely clear what the deal is with with gold, but he he seems to be in like a stasis tube or uh, it, it it's it's a low budget stasis tube. So really, it's just like a, a plastic square kind of like display case, like a museum display case. I was going to say it's like the, the top of a, a serving tray that you get platters like for for keeping food hot at events. And they just took out part of it and stuck them under it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately after they were done shooting, that prop was sent back to catering. Yeah. Uh, but the rangers are back on Earth. The bad guys have been defeated, and the series is over at episode 30? Yeah. So, um... Our next episode, we've pretty much decided, is going to be... We're, we're covering something else a little bit, so I won't talk about the next couple episodes of GoBusters right now. Okay. I'm as curious as you all are about what the hell we're doing. Yeah, like, and I've seen the series to the end. It does stick the ending. Great. Great, great, great. I'm looking forward to it, because, like, I I enjoyed this. Like, the, did this part feel a little bit rushed? A little bit. Like, you know, this this was a pair of series finale episodes. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was good. Like, we worried at the time, but they 
they made lemonade out of some lemons, production-wise. Great. Uh, and until next time, which will be... So next time is going to be a weird... Uh, yeah, maybe I should just introduce... Because... Alright, because the next episode we're going to be doing a Twilight Imperium thing, because we're stuck in like a giant game and we'll explain it then. But actually, we probably shouldn't string out the Go-Busters things until then, so I'll, I'll just introdu- I'll introduce the next couple episodes of Go-Busters now. Sam. So, say, you have a loved series that is publicly known as going through some production troubles. They have radically changed the timeline, like there's been a shake-up and like in management. Uh, and they have apparently done, like, a climax of the series. What type of episodes would you, like, follow up with? Like, let's say let's say you need a couple of episodes to get the writing back on track and to, like, kind of buy time. Just, like, a couple, two episodes, let's say. I would go with either clip show or musical episode. What if, instead you made a very terrible blatant tie-in to a movie that was a reboot of an old property and and forced it into the time slot of said show and also integrated just enough plot points from said show that it it isn't fully skippable. Like, it, it is mostly skippable, but technically it's still there. Like, what if you just wanted to make a couple of stickers that would make everyone look at it and be like, this show is dead? What? Space Sheriff Gavon! Hey! Okay! Great, Toku! They had the costumes ready. Yeah. Like, listen, cross-promotion is a thing. Artistic integrity is not. Until next time, what are we gonna keep doing? We're gonna keep dancing. We are going to keep dancing. <laughs>